Right now at Papa John's, get $6 Papa deal. Plus, any side, this side, that side, all these sides, for just $6 each. That's a lot of sides. Get $6 Papa deals and $6 sides only at PapaJohns.com. On the news. Handle on the news. Bill Handle ruined my childhood every morning. And now, here's Bill Handle. And uh, good morning, Bill Handle and the morning crew. Tuesday, January 12th. Oh, so much is going on today. Uh, and uh, uh, incidentally, just news uh, that's being reported on Fox. Uh, right now that the president uh, has accepted some responsibility for uh, the attack on the Capitol. And that's being reported in conversation that he has had with Kevin McCarthy, uh, one of his most ardent backers, uh, of course, uh, right there. Uh, the part of the election was fraudulent, uh, that it was rigged, uh, a very, very solid backer of the president. And we'll be talking more about that a little bit later on. Is it going to come to bite these legislators in the ass? I hope so, and it should. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk more about that throughout the day. We have a lot going on today. Uh, a little bit of history, the Black Plague, one of the more interesting uh, episodes uh, in history. Uh, black Plague was very black, and it was very plaguey. Hey, this is why you listen to this show for uh, analysis and uh, deep diving into whatever topic we're doing. Uh, good morning to uh, Jennifer Jones-Lee. And words like plaguey. Plaguey. Yeah, it's a new word. Uh, okay. Good morning. It's, uh, it's, it's a word that is legitimate, I think. Um, uh, adjectives uh, are very serious things. Uh, Wayne Resnick, good morning. Good morning. I liked uh, plaguey. Lipton on the Mod Squad. Uh -huh. really good. Oh, very well done. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, Alex, good morning. Yo, what's up, Handel? Yo, what's up? That's not what's up. It's what's up. And uh, finally, John Ramirez, uh, last and certainly least. Good morning, John. Good morning, Bill. Peace and blessings. <laughs> Peace and blessings upon you. Right. You know, that's what we're going to do. Uh, every time I say good morning, uh, all of you say, and good morning to you. Uh, we're going to make this a very religious uh, morning, uh, if that's all right with you. All right. Uh, let's do it, because we've got so much going on today. The impeachment is going on. Uh, we've got uh, some uh, school opening news and uh, COVID numbers and what's going on, vaccination issues. Uh, so uh, let's move right into uh, handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Uh, lead story. Angeles, when will you save me? Uh, L.A. County. Uh, health Director Barbara Ferrer is saying that the coronavirus uh is uh, the worst disaster in decades really thank you for uh the obvious okay uh, mrs obvious uh and uh, here are some uh, numbers 10 uh, la county residents uh, testing positive every minute 
one person dying every eight minutes. We're talking L.A. County now. And there are no beds. Uh, the beds are, the ICU beds are, are, I don't even know those figures anymore, 120, 130% uh, occupancy rate. So does that mean people are bunking together? Well, you know, they've got patients in the gift shops and the cafeterias and the conference rooms. And Chris and Carlo uh, was up at Antelope Valley where he was walking through. It's on his Instagram for sure. I don't know where else you can see it. Um, like this big makeshift tenty looking auxiliary space that yeah, they it's pretty have up bad. there. It's uh, pretty bad. You can just see uh, doctors and nurses going through these crowds of uh, people uh, with COVID. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, like you're going in a crowded movie theater. You know, as uh, sort of ridiculous as that sounds, uh, unfortunately, it's closer to the truth than not. Tom Rivers and I were just talking about this just a couple of minutes ago about how long is the immunity once you get the COVID-19 vaccine? Well, Moderna says their vaccine should last a year. So if that's the case, it's kind of like getting a flu shot. But it hasn't been, I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm skeptical only in the sense of how do we know for sure? Oh, we'll know for sure. Well, we won't know for sure until a year's Uh, gone by. Right, Right. and then as the years pass, you know, as they study, it's not as if science isn't going to study this thing uh, on a minuscule level uh, with a microscope. And uh, assuming that it is uh, the uh, a year's immunity, then every year it's like uh, we get a flu shot uh, and uh, or a pneumonia shot. In my case, I do both uh, because I'm pretty careful. And it is, um, uh, you know, you do it every year. But the, you can imagine the infrastructure uh, that it's going to take uh, every year to do this. Do you keep on doing these centers that are going to go 24-7? Maybe. Maybe you do. Tell you one thing, uh, Moderna and uh, they're doing Pfizer is saying that they're on track to sell almost twelve billion dollars of uh, their vaccine. And so if you could imagine uh, how much uh, money is going to be made. And I don't obviously have a problem with that because they developed the vaccine. But uh, oh, you're in t- here is your market. Everybody on the planet for uh, every year. You know what? This is I was going to be I was going to say, oh, no, Bill, don't worry about like scaling this up every year. And that was because I didn't realize how few people get flu shots every year because I thought, well, we already we don't have this massive gear up every year to give people flu shots. So we would just add the covid-19 vaccine. Unfortunately, generally speaking, less than half of adults get a flu shot every year. So we so and that's not going to be good enough. No, no, no. For the coronavirus, it's not going to be good enough for COVID-19. So you're right. Every year, they're going to have to scale up to vaccinate enough people, and that's hoping enough people want it. Now, it's hopefully it's going to be at the same places, and it will be, obviously, where the flu shot is given. So that is going to help the logistics. Uh, but, all right, you know, you, we used to have flu shots uh, at uh, KFI. You just go right upstairs, and uh, there was, uh, you know, people were in line, uh, and I would always go to the front of the line. And, oh, what the hell are you doing? I go, ratings. <laughs> 
See, I always come on. Would, give me a break. I would run back during commercial breaks, and I would go, "Oh, can I sneak to the front of the line because I'm in a commercial break and I really want to get my shot." Oh yeah. And See, I just me. I just made fun of everybody else's ratings. <laughs> uh, so I got the front of the line, and I made them feel bad. Wow, uh, you're both my day, my, my day was made. Uh, my question to you guys is: How many people who don't get the flu shot? will opt to get the COVID-19 vaccine. I think there'll be a number, but they're going to get the flu shot anyway because they're there and no one's going to say no flu shot. So you're going to see... Or will they? Will they say, you know what, I don't like the flu shot, I don't get it any year. I I think the number is going to be fairly low uh, because while they're there, how about a flu shot at the same time? Uh, Basically, they're supersizing uh, the shot. You know, would you like to supersize? We'll give you pneumonia. It's like going to McDonald's and supersizing your fries. Speaking of scaling up, Disneyland is going to have a vaccination super site. Or be a vaccination super site. There you go. The mouse. Oh, they call them they call them super PODs, point of dispensing. And I guess Orange County is going to have five of these super sites. Which is great. I Disneyland mean, we, will be one of them. You think they're going to have it inside that. the park? Uh, like inside be. the uh, Hall of Presidents or whatever? Uh, it could be. Uh, who knows? But they, uh, I, you can see band-aid. if they use Disneyland, uh, where, again, crowd control. We've talked about this before, where uh, the Disney are the world masters of crowd control. Uh, they're going to be able to uh, make it happen uh, in a in a in a really in a, in a good good way as opposed to everybody else will be looking at them and saying this is how you do it. Um, we're going to have to go twenty four seven in these major centers, and it's we're on our way to doing it. I mean, it's simply a question of right now. It's every what five hundred thousand. Uh, vaccinations a day are being dispensed in the country, and that's going to wrap up, ramp up to a million a day. That's still uh, a year's worth of vaccination. So that even that's going to ramp up. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, do more handle on the news. All right. And uh, good morning, Bill Handle and uh, the morning crew, KFI AM six forty. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Let's continue on with uh, more handle on the news. Uh, Jennifer Wayne and me. Possibly a return to normal for the universities in California. Yeah, but in the fall. In the fall, yeah. So this year, I was talking with somebody who's going to college right now, and I said, what are the chances you think you're going back this year? And he said, oh, I'm hoping maybe... And I thought I said it's January. You go back what February, March, and then you're out of school again. So of course yeah. we kind of knew the fall was going to be what. Yeah, and later on uh, I'm going to do some back to school stories, both at nine and nine thirty, and one specifically involving college, which we have not been paying attention to very much. Uh, I'll do that at uh, nine twenty. Well, if you want your kid going back to uh, L.A. Unified, you're going to have to get him vaccinated. Ready, yeah, I come. Superintendent Austin Butner in a recorded briefing, that's sort of interesting, said that uh, they're going to require all the kids to be vaccinated, just like with measles and mumps. But 
that doesn't mean the schools will be closed until everyone's vaccinated. So he said two things. One, if your kid comes back, he's got to be vaccinated. Number two, he wants the state to set specific standards. And once a school district meets those standards, they would be required to reopen. So if they don't want to reopen, they just slow walk meeting the standards, right? Right. But I don't know uh, what school district does not want to reopen uh, and what school district wouldn't push forward uh, to have their students vaccinated as quickly as possible. The pressure from the teachers unions. That's where you've seen some of the friction around the whole country where the district the the district says like we want to do it and the teachers union says you you're not ready it's not safe so i guess what he's saying is let the state dictate when it's appropriate and then we have to do it and i guess teachers unions at that point his view would be you guys need to shut up and come back and everybody's on the same page of getting students vaccinated yeah, I don't I know how many so. people, how many school districts are saying, okay, we or anti-vaxxers uh, make up the school district. I don't think there's very many. Maybe there are. Well, several gorillas at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park have tested positive for COVID-19. So these eight gorillas live together and several started coughing. And so they tested their uh, fecal matter and found, yep, they all do have COVID-19. And they're quarantining them together just like you would if everybody in your house had it. Yeah. So now we have gorillas on the list. Oh, boy. To get vaccinated. Boy. Wow. You're so proud of yourself. Actually, I am. (laughs) All right. I guess the House is uh, racing ahead with impeachment against President Trump. The article has been written. There's a single charge incitement of insurrection. And isn't there a deal they want to give uh, Vice President Pence a 24-hour ultimatum to invoke the 25th Amendment? And if he doesn't do it, Boom. They're going to go to a vote on impeachment. And he won't. Well, wait, but that would have been lovely because they were supposed to have a vote this morning at six o'clock. They were going to have the big debate this morning. It lasted four minutes and then they went to recess. So now they say that the resolution is up for a vote this afternoon. Which a resolution to give Pence the 24 hour. Yes. Deadline. Yeah, there's a, it's first of all, he's not going to do it uh, because there's no upside for him to do it. Although he has said it's actually on the table, he has not said I will not do it. It's very interesting. He's playing. Uh, he's walking this line. Yeah. Has he said he it's wants, on the table? Has he said it's on the table, or has he said it's not off the table? I think that's more. It's uh, like yes. Yeah. I, so I, is I, it I on the table? It. Well, yeah. it's not off. The, there are and, a zero. There are a non-zero number of impeachments off or on a table. <laughs> and he's doing. I think he's doing it exactly right for his political career and his political survivor survival. Where uh, if he goes for, if he invokes the 25th Amendment, he has now alienated every Trump supporter on the planet, uh, or certainly in the United States. And he becomes an enemy of the people, uh, much like uh, Lindsey Graham has become an enemy of the people. Uh, We're talking about the people in the world of Trump supporters. Uh, And if he just stays silent, just lets it happen, uh, then he has not done anything affirmatively. Uh, or uh, has uh, or 
uh, just, well, he's, well, I guess he's just simply not done anything affirmatively, affirmatively on either end. And so that's the way to uh, navigate these waters. So it ain't going to happen. It's going to be an impeachment. Uh, The trial, if there is a trial, will last 12 seconds uh, because he certainly will be acquitted. It will happen if there is a trial. It will happen after he leaves office. Uh, We have one case uh, that uh, we go back uh, many, many years, but it was a cabinet member. Uh, So, uh, you know, it's all uh, new grounds. This is a case of first impression on a level that we've never, ever had before. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back. Uh, This is KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Jennifer? Hey, good morning, everybody. Handel here as uh, we continue here on KFI. Uh, with Handle on the News, Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Trump's Homeland Security chief is out earlier than planned. I want security. So he had pledged to stay in office, and just 10 days before the inauguration of Joe Biden, he decided, you know what, after what happened at the attack on the Capitol last week, I'm out. So Chad Wolf is out, and the FEMA director now is taking over his spot for now. And uh, the fear is, and I don't know if that's uh, one of the reasons that Chad Wolf uh, resigned, uh, and maybe even a combination of what happened uh, last Wednesday, and or uh, the fear of what the president may do between now and next Wednesday. Uh, there's a genuine fear among many people, Nancy Pelosi at the head of that, but you know, no surprise there, uh, that the president may do something completely outrageous. Uh, and uh, if it's an issue of uh, homeland security, I, I'm assuming Chad Wolf wants nothing to do with it. Because if something crazy does happen, uh, the, let's say a military action is ordered, the Pentagon will just say no. And even no, if, thanks. Even if he wants nothing to do with anything that could potentially happen in the future, he also wants to say, I totally condemn what right. happened last week and therefore distance himself from that. Yeah, as I well. mean, there's a combination. You're seeing a, a lot of people. And that's another, by the way, that's another reason that uh, the 25th Amendment will not be invoked because you've got Elaine Chow uh, and who else, who else left a cabinet member? Uh, Betsy DeVos. Yeah, yeah. And these are people Secretary. that, based on the circumstances, would have voted to remove the president. Instead, they bailed out. So, you know, uh, Wayne talked about that yesterday. Presidential Medal of Freedom? Meh, I got a bunch of Super Bowl rings. Thanks anyway. Patriots coach Bill Belichick uh, said he's not going to come to the White House and he doesn't want to be awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Trump. He was very measured about what he said. He said, I was flattered because I respect what it represents, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. But because of the tragic events of last week, I'm not going to move forward. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a mayor. I love the country and the values and the freedom and democracy. So he didn't say anything negative against President Trump. But obviously, this is a pretty bold move for and anybody a real, to and turn a real down rebu- a presidential a, medal of yeah, freedom. And a real rebuke to the president. Uh, now, when you talk about something uh, that is extraordinary and unique, it no longer is. 
uh, it's uh, become a, just a, a another tchotchka. Because look at who is getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Jim Jordan. Uh, boy, what a contribution to society and the betterment of uh, the betterment of society. Uh, Jim Jordan, Devin Nunez, uh, former uh, chair of the Intelligence Committee, House Intelligence Committee, and all he did was let uh, went to the White House and let let them know the president every single secret that the Intelligence Committee was involved with, uh, which doesn't happen unless there's a vote, because they're taking all this evidence in. These are the guys that are getting uh, the Medal of Freedom. It's become a total political uh, maneuver, which is a shame. It's been cheapened. It becomes an asterisk uh, now. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think uh, Bilicek is going to be known uh, in a positive light for having it turned it down. How many teams, uh, even during the presidency, who have won championships have said, no, thanks. We're not coming up and visiting the White House. Well, a White House visit is very different than no, no, but presidential a presidential medal. Uh, no, I get, that's but, true, but to a but smaller you're right. degree. Mm-hmm. Although, and the, the only thing here is that they were friends. Oh, yeah, and Tom Brady. And Belichick wrote yeah, a letter. Remember, of the, yeah. 20, you know, Trump read the letter from Belichick praising him and wishing him success and everything. So it's not like they didn't know each other. They knew each other very Maybe it's because they knew each other very well that Belichick, it helped them make the decision. All right, you've got two Capitol Police officers who have been suspended after last week's attack on the Capitol. So one of the officers posed for a selfie with some of the rioters, and then another one was seen wearing a MAGA hat. Now, I guess, and you guys tell me if this is going to be their defense, these two officers are going to say, hey, uh, no, no, we weren't in support of the the um, rioters. What we were trying to do was de-escalate. Oh, yeah. You know, we were trying to somehow have some sort of camaraderie with them or something like that to yeah. get them to stop the violence. That's yeah, my and, guess. And that's why we pointed uh, to various office buildings, uh, various office doors and windows and, and said, uh, go there. That's where right, Nancy Pelosi is. And just to it aside, yeah, that's right. going to help. Uh, is this well, different or not than over the summer when you saw police officers kneeling with protesters, which they were doing? Some of them were doing it just because they sincerely agreed. But that was done also to kind of de-escalate. Oh, 100%. Yeah, their, but also, so, yeah. So think- did you have a problem with that? I did. Uh, I did have a huge problem. Uh, It is. I mean, it's uh, it's a political statement. Uh, And you can say, uh, here's what I did. Uh, I uh, helped them break a window because I knew uh, that they were breaking in the part of the Capitol building that was away from uh, where the legislators were. You can say anything. uh, But uh, how does. Well, no, it's uh, it's not going to fly. The difference is when you had these demonstrations, first of all, uh, the political climate in this country is that they are uh, the the uh, citizens, the, the electorate, much more apt to be in favor of the protest because uh, recognition there's systematic racism, that there was something wrong with America. Uh, here, it's the Capitol building being attacked. Uh, while Congress was in session, while they were voting uh, to confirm a new president. And uh, there's a difference in magnitude, huge difference in magnitude.
Uh, and that, I think, is the only reason. But yes. Uh, and uh, the politics of uh, a cop doing that today is very different than taking a knee. That's for sure. And they weren't taking a knee uh, while the Capitol and the protest movement, wa- they weren't taking a knee at the very same place where the arson uh, and the violence was taking place. You didn't see one cop as uh, the line was being attacked with Molotov cocktails. I'm talking about during the protests. I'm talking about during the Black Lives Matter uh, protests. You didn't see one cop taking a knee while the other cops are being attacked. Here, uh, it's while the attack on the uh, uh, on the Capitol uh, steps or actually inside the Capitol building were taking place and the cops are being accused of facilitating that. So, yes, there's a huge difference, at least uh, the way I view it. Let's take a break. We'll be back and finish it up. All right. Jennifer. And uh, we continue. Oh, actually, we finish handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick and me. Well, Airbnb is going to ban guests associated with hate groups or violent activity. Specifically, uh, for the next few days leading up to the inauguration, people trying to rent Airbnbs in the D.C. area. I I don't know. That means they're going to get a a request. And they're going to what? Launch a full detective social media investigation into the people to try to figure out? It's just dumb, too. If I'm a criminal, I'm going to have one of you rent the place for me, and then I'm going to go stay there. Well, I mean, think, uh, keep, I don't think it's that hard to figure out who it is. You have a name of someone who's renting it, and uh, therefore that's easy to do a search, an internet search. You have a group uh, that's booking it. That's easy to do. And then uh, I then assume that if you use a fake name of some kind, uh, then you're talking to your followers and asking them to show up or your booking. Uh, it just makes it harder. But you're right. How do you do it specifically? Uh, and uh, I don't know the answer to that. Um, and it's a private organization. So how sophisticated are is their ability uh, to figure out who these people are? And are they tied in, for example, with the FBI uh, who knows everything they're going to find everybody involved in this thing uh the uh capital uh the assault on the capital so uh i'm assuming there are ways of doing it all right there was a prank message on the state department website saying the president's term would have ended last night So they're trying to figure out now who it was that changed this. And was it a disgruntled employee? Who was it? And they're trying to, I got, now they've got a full investigation, I guess, into it. But uh, it just said that the president's term ended uh, yesterday at what, 749 random time. Um, Oh boy. Okay. Let's try to do this story justice in the time we have. I don't know if you remember uh, the guy, Oscar Grant, who was shot by a BART cop at the Fruitvale station. You might have trouble remembering it because this happened in 2009. Wow. Anyway, uh, the officer who shot him was convicted of involuntary manslaughter and served jail time. 
Now the prosecutors have announced they will not file a murder charge against the second officer who was also there and was holding Oscar Grant down, face down uh, at the BART station on the platform when the other officer shot him. There was some thought that, and and an argument by the defense for the officer who shot him, that it was a mistake and that he had mistaken his taser for his service weapon or the other way around. And that he meant only to tase him. Yeah, that um, boy, that happens every time, doesn't it? Every cop in the world can make that argument. Uh, don't you find it interesting that this is 11 years yeah, later? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that all of a sudden, and now we're not going to file charges? One can only, look, I guess a murder charge, there's no statute yes, forever. limitations. Right, there's so no they statute. Can, they can take as long as they no, no. need still- to come to a conclusion. It seems like. It's an extremely long time, though. And it seems very political on top of that. Uh, That's uh, my take on it. Uh, Coming up, uh, fearing more violence, state capitals are on high alert, and this story goes really deep and how long and how extensive uh, this problem is. We'll be back with that. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Good morning, everybody. Bill Handel on a uh, Tuesday morning, January 12th. This is uh, KFI AM 640. Some of the big stories that we are covering uh, on the COVID front, while the numbers are horrific, uh, there is some good news about uh, the vaccination programs. Orange County, for example, uh, is launching its uh, first uh, major site at the Disneyland Resort. Huge centers uh, that are going to be vaccinating folks uh, 24-7, and uh, that is good news. And uh, tomorrow, we're looking at the uh, the vote in the House for impeachment is going to happen, and then we'll find out what happens after that. I don't think much is going to happen, is my guess. I think Nancy Pelosi is off the mark uh, trying to force... Uh, the Senate vote and the trial, which is not going to happen. Why and why take away uh, the attention for Biden's first hundred days? Now, uh, here is uh, the problem coming up the 17th, five days from now. Uh, there is a call for once again, massive demonstrations at the state capital at the uh, federal capital. Now, they're obviously not talking about once again overrunning the capital, but still massive demonstrations of And I put this in quotes, patriots who are upholding the Constitution, uh, who want to overturn, although it's obviously impossible and has been, the illegal election of Joe Biden, the unconstitutional election of Joe Biden. And uh, so uh, Capitol Police are, well, they're ramping up. There'll be 10,000 just National Guard units. The perimeter has been extended uh, and it's already there. Uh, because the inauguration, of course, is going to happen a week from tomorrow, and uh, it's a different story now. But uh, the chatter, uh, it's not even beyond chatter, it's the call for demonstrations uh, all over the country at state houses, uh, literally in all 50 states, uh, come uh, next Wednesday with the inauguration. And it's not just a bunch of protesters out there with placards, and uh, you have Uh, Black Lives Matter protests or civil rights uh, protesters or anti-Vietnam War protesters. Uh, These are armed uh, people. This is a militia. Uh, A lot of them ex-military wearing uh, armor, body armor, 
carrying weaponry, serious weaponry, and it's a very different crowd. And it's not just protesting a specific program or philosophy. Uh, It is protesting uh, America that has gone against the Constitution. So this is war with an illegal uh, country, and that is the United States government, which in their view has become illegal and the Constitution has been destroyed. I mean, it's a real weird confluence uh, of events uh, led by, of course, the president, who has said time and time again, not only was he robbed of the election that he won overwhelmingly, but for the stealing of the election, but that in itself was unconstitutional, an attack on the basic values of the United States. And therefore, this is akin to the Revolutionary War where we established America, uh, akin to World War I, World War II, where we made uh, the world safe for democracy. That's their argument, that democracy is what they're going for. And how do you uh, how do you exercise your view of democracy? Well, you overturn an election, of course, and you decertify uh, the counting of the electoral votes. And so the fervor of these people uh, is extraordinary. And the FBI has uh, let uh, the governments, uh, state governments, know there is a real problem. Now, what's the difference between what happened uh, on? Uh, last Wednesday, and what might happen? Well, uh, the perimeters are going to be reinforced uh, to a level that uh, we've never seen before. There will be thousands of armed military personnel and police. And these protesters, and we're not going to call them, pro- well, some are protesters. I'm going to talk later on about that, too. Uh, because the mob mentality, and that's coming up in the next segment, uh, what's the difference between a protester and an insurgent uh, and a criminal and how you get caught up in that? And it gets really interesting what happens in the mob at that time. And I'll dive into that because there's a world of study on that. Uh, but they're going to be up against uh, these uh, uh, the people that are going to show up. Uh, at the inauguration. First of all, they're not going to get near the inauguration. If you look at the outside perimeter fence, and they really have reinforced that fence, uh, the uh, Capitol and uh, building and the White House, uh, you can barely see. And they're not going to get anywhere near it. And there are all kinds of defenses. And my guess is if people try, uh, you're going to see a lot of military action taken against them. And if they bring a weapon, uh, they're, well, in Washington, D.C., they're not allowed to have uh, assault weapons. So we're going to see what happens. They're going to be overwhelmed by a military and police force. So uh, if they try, uh, they're going to have real problems. So it's going to be a different different world. But that doesn't stop uh, these uh, so-called patriots who want to save America uh, from showing up and protesting. And if they try to do anything uh, that is illegal, for example, try to scale the fence, uh, there will be police action against them, and it's videoed like crazy. It's not going to be done with impunity. Do you have any idea how many people are going to be tagged uh, for overrunning the Capitol 
attacking our a Capitol building, uh, seditionist insurgents, uh, a lot. And they're arresting people wholesale. Why? Because the FBI, the authorities, I mean, this was all on videotape. Some of the idiots actually posted themselves uh, in the Capitol building. Look what we've done. We're saving America. Uh, Confederate flags. You know, there's never been a Confederate flag in our Capitol building uh, in the history of the United States. And the Confederate Army at one point was 12 miles away from the White House. Never a Confederate flag. And keep in mind what the Confederate flag means. Not only the issue of racism, which we all know, and there's a whole world to that with states having Confederate flags on their on on their flags. But I'm talking about the very the very process of the thinking behind the Confederate flag. It is a revolution against a lawful government of the United States of America where every member of the military in, and certainly every Mary, uh, every member of Congress uh, in at the time of secession put up their hands and swore to defend the Constitution of the United States and then turn around, turned around and seceded because we don't believe in that government because that's not our government, even though we swore to defend it. I mean, that's the thinking we're talking about. That's the Confederate flag. Uh, and b- this crowd was not holding up the Confederate flag because they were in favor of uh, blacks being disenfranchised. It goes way beyond that. Coming up, uh, the mob, the mob mentality. I want to share with you what happened with the study show, the science behind the study of uh, mobs. And a little bit of history thrown in at the same time. KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. Let's check in with uh, Jennifer. Did you know buying a mattress at Mattress Warehouse means you have a one-year price guarantee? Find a better price, they'll match it, plus 50% of the difference. Why buy anywhere else? Mattress Warehouse. Sleephappens.com. Mattress Warehouse. Sleephappens.com. Have you heard about Propane Taxi? Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service, and it's ridiculously easy to order a propane grill tank delivered right to your door. Now's the perfect time of year to get outside and grill with family and close friends or heat up the patio. Make sure you've got propane for any occasion. Go to propanetaxi.com, use promo code TANK10, and your first tank exchange is just $10. Promo code TANK10 for a $10 tank exchange. No delivery fees, no commitment, and no contact. Propanetaxi.com. Propane grill tank home delivery. Promo code TANK10. And uh, here we are on a Tuesday morning, January 12th. Uh, Bill Handel and the Morning Crew. Let's start with your chance to win some cash. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword Bills, B I L L S, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's Bills to 200 200. If you win, you'll get a phone call from a number you don't recognize. You have to answer it. Uh, We do that every day here on KFI uh, at 20 minutes after the hour between 5.20 a.m. and 6.20 p.m. As you can imagine, there is a science uh, behind the study of mobs and mob mentality and how it can go from a peaceful demonstration right into just a massive uh, overriding factor that can destroy, literally destroy society. Uh, Going back uh, to uh, the last king of France, 1848, 
there were demonstrations going on and really started with one guy uh, screaming to arms, we are betrayed. And boom, that was uh, the flashpoint. And all of a sudden, literally, you had an overwhelming mob mentality. Same thing happened with the Arab Spring, where it starts from virtually nothing. But then the thinking, it was ready to go. This was kindling, ready to be ignited. So what happened uh, last Wednesday? And there are two, uh, two ways of looking at this and two ways of dealing with this first of all let's start with the number of people that were there and the different viewpoints it went all the way from people carrying military gear zip ties guns uh to people that saw what was happening and overran the capital simply became part of the crowd to others who were simply protesting who were certainly everybody is there obviously was pro-trump because this was about uh, overturning the election in response to the confirmation of Joe Biden uh, and egged on by the president uh, just minutes before. But some were protests and it ran all the way up to organized uh, mayhem and organized uh, a tactical attack on the Capitol. So it runs the gamut. And here's what the scientists have learned uh, that. When crowds are controlled, when demonstrations actually work and they don't go out of control like what happened, there is an organization to it. And then you look at uh, what happened during the civil rights protests. You didn't see this. Uh, What you saw is uh, a peaceful demonstration, nonviolence. This is all planned. I mean, Martin Luther King actually was involved in training freedom riders. And... Uh, when you look at the tactics, and this, these are real tactics used in nonviolent protests, and the thinking, for example, Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement, it is not inherently about overthrowing. It is about changing the view society, big picture society, looks at the way uh, blacks are treated in the country. It's not to destroy Uh, It is not to, uh, in a violent way, overturn society the way this was last Wednesday. So you have the Vietnam War protests. uh, You have uh, the civil rights protests. uh, You have uh, the anti-nuclear weapons protests. uh, Fairly well organized, uh, a thinking going through the crowd that we don't want it to turn violent, specifically well, obviously, there was no thinking here. So this is going to be studied for a long time. Uh, and the problem becomes also is you have a group of protesters. And a lot of people were protesting last Wednesday and effectively led by a group, in this case, of militaristic sedition insurgents who were actually looking to overturn the government and put their person in power. It was a coup. There was no way around it. It was a coup to maintain an, maintain an elected president beyond the term of uh, what the elected president uh, should have. And we're not going to elect uh, the Constitution. As a matter of fact, uh, we are going to let the Constitution control. Why? Because uh, the confirmation of Joe Biden as the president is unconstitutional. We are protecting uh, this country. 
which naturally opens up a philosophy uh, that uh, heretofore that we have not seen since uh, the Revolutionary War and uh, the Civil War. That was the last time this all happened when our view of the country and democracy or their view of the country and democracy was put at risk. So it's a different mentality. So you've got organized military guys uh, and all the way to simple protesters, some even onlookers who were there. Uh, and then uh, you have the leadership of uh, what they saw, the crowd looking at what happened and just getting caught up in the moment, just the excitement of it. I mean, you've been to or you've been to parties where you wouldn't do things that other people that you would normally never do just because the excitement, the uh, what was going on, the buzz. Well, uh, magnify that about two thousand percent, and that's what you're going to see, and that's what we did see, and we'll see what happens in other. Uh, around the country on the 17th and Inauguration Day. Coming up, uh, an impeachment like no other. I'll dive into that. KFI AM 640, let's uh, check in with Jennifer Jones. Fuel your healthy food choices with flavor that gets you through the day. If you're committed to paleo, keto, or Mediterranean, America's original super nut is your diet super snack. A handful does the trick. Learn more at AmericanPecan.com. AmericanPecan.com. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft cloud. And no one gets your business into the Microsoft cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. Can we just make love? Good morning, everybody. Uh, Bill Handel here on a third Tuesday morning, January 12th, the inauguration a week from tomorrow. Uh, the president uh, on his way to uh, Texas for his, quote, border event. Uh, it, it, interestingly enough, some comments he said on the way out. Uh, he said uh, that it would be dangerous for the United States to have him impeached. And he also said, I want no violence. Wouldn't take questions. It would just a a quick remark. I want no violence. All right. uh, I'd be happier if he specifically told his followers, do not, uh, do not uh, engage in any violence whatsoever. That's un-American. It's just, I want no violence, which uh, I don't think he's gone far enough, but that's my take on it. And this just happened uh, a few minutes ago. So the impeachment process is on its way for the second time. And uh, the House, I think, is going to vote impeachment. Uh, That vote will happen tomorrow. It's one count, uh, which is rather unusual, uh, and it's for incitement of insurrection. I mean, that is an extraordinary count of impeachment. And what an allegation that is. And so a couple of questions that have instantly come up as to the constitutionality. Uh, Certainly impeachment is constitutionally allowed and protected under the Constitution. Can it happen after he leaves office? Can the trial happen after he leaves office? Uh, Actually, yeah. Uh, The Constitution says the House shall have the sole power of impeachment. Doesn't give a timeline at all, even though uh, the the question becomes and the punishment is uh, not of any criminal nature. There's a civil nature saying he, well, is removed from office and will uh, is never allowed again to run for office. So one part becomes moot. The other one is still valid. And 
Is there precedent for impeaching, uh, convicting a president once he has left office? No. Never happened before. I mean, there is uh, a cabinet member uh, that happened before. That was 1876. Secretary of War uh, was impeached. Uh, and I want to go into the history of that. Uh, but was impeached and convicted after leaving office. And he resigned just seconds before. So the question is, uh, if he's gone, what's the point of doing this? Well, clearly, in response to the most extraordinary event in the history of the United States, and that is a sitting president actually arguing for uh, not so much an insurrection. I don't believe that the president called for an invasion of the Capitol. I think he thought there would just be a massive demonstration, and, and I, I don't think he planned for or wanted, well, I don't know about wanted, but planned for uh, an attack, a storming of the Capitol building. Um, I don't know how upset he was about it, uh, but uh, he was, he thought he was going to, in fact, uh, be able to keep his presidency as a last resort by having Mike Pence refuse to confirm, count the votes, the electoral votes, and thought in his wild, delusional state of mind and his followers, lawyers telling him, oh, yeah, if Pence uh, says I refuse to count, uh, then somehow the election is uh, immediately uh, Biden's election is disqualified. I I don't know where he got that, Uh, but it wasn't uh, him planning to do that. But look at the instigation. Uh, there's never been a president who has done that. Uh, and and not even Jefferson Davis did that. He wasn't asking for an overthrow of uh, the government, uh, the union. He was just, he wanted secession. He just wanted a different country. This one was the overthrow of our government. And a redefinition of the Constitution allowing Donald Trump to remain president. I mean, it's just, it's just total, history has never given us this before. So here's how it goes. Tomorrow uh, will be the vote for impeachment in the House. Will it happen? Yes, it will. I think it's going to happen. Now the question is, Nancy Pelosi turning over to the Senate the articles of impeachment, or in this case, the article of impeachment that has been voted on. She could actually withhold that until after the inauguration. And then once it's handed to the Senate, the Senate must have a trial immediately under the Constitution, uh, and they can do no other business. And there again is a political issue. Do we really do this prior to the inauguration, and all of a sudden the attention of the American people is uh, directly, uh, uh, goes directly to the uh, trial? Well, that's not going to happen because Mitch McConnell uh, is going to hold off. And most of this, if it happens, will happen afterwards. So why even do this? Well, for two reasons. One, uh, to really cement the legacy of this president. uh, And in many cases, uh, and mine included, he will go down in history as the worst president we've ever had, or certainly among the bottom three. So it's a legacy issue and straight punishment making sure for two reasons. Number one, he doesn't hold office ever again because he doesn't deserve it. And number two, uh, simply because of the fear of the danger of what Donald Trump can do to this country. Now, 
Can Congress expel, expel its own members who supported the riot or accused of supporting the riot? Let's talk about that when we come back. Uh, in the meantime, let's check in with Jennifer Jones, please. Mattress Warehouse believes you shouldn't have to wait to get a good night's sleep, which is why Mattress Warehouse has free next day delivery available. Minimum purchase applies. See store for details. Visit sleephappens.com for a location near you. Mattress Warehouse, sleephappens.com. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft Cloud, and no one gets your business into the Microsoft Cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. Good morning. Bill Handel here on a uh, Tuesday morning, January 12th. Uh, we are, uh, what, six, uh, eight days away from uh, the inauguration of Joe Biden as the 46th president. And uh, what's going on? We're, we're awaiting uh, attacks on state houses, maybe uh, the uh, federal capital. That's the chatter out there, but I think it's going to be a very different animal. Uh, the president is on his way to Texas and actually had the first remarks uh, since uh, the insurgency uh, last week. And he said uh, that impeachment would be a dangerous thing for the country. I don't know about that. I don't think it's so dangerous. Uh, and he uh, says, I want no violence, which is not particularly strong, but uh, better than nothing. Now, let's move over to the congressional side of this issue. And that is uh, whether congressmen and senators, congresspeople and senators, uh, should be expelled I mean, outright thrown out of uh, the Senate and the House for being part of fomenting revolution uh, against the Constitution of the United States uh, and should be held accountable by expulsion. Now, can Congress expel? Absolutely. The Constitution gives Congress clear authority to punish its members uh, all the way from censure. You've been a bad boy, bad congressman, bad congressman. Uh, to outright expulsion. And here is the issue, and that is the utter disgust with uh, Congress people and senators on the Senate side, uh, particularly Josh uh, Hawley of Missouri, Ted Cruz of Texas, knowing full well that Joe Biden won the election fair and square. I mean, they know that. Come on. You really think that they don't believe uh, that the election was legitimate. They don't believe every state that has uh, confirmed uh, the election. Uh, 62 court cases in which every single court case filed by the uh, Trump and the Trump uh, campaign uh, has been thrown out. Oh, no, no. We know it's been rigged because the president says so. And we're going to vote to not allow the confirmation by of the count. I mean, when you look at that, why? Well, uh, it's clearly we are Trump supporters come hell or high water. Even after the incursion, we still stand by our guy. We think that it was a rigged election and we want that count decertified. 
Well, you got a lot of members of Congress uh, that are saying, uh-uh, we want these guys out. Also, you have 138 House members that did the same thing. That's the part that's scary. This is the part where I was absolutely flummoxed. Uh, I'm not surprised that Trump went that way. I'm really not. Uh, I was. I assumed it was going to happen. Uh, it's the Senate and Congress that floored me. Backing up the baseless claims that Trump said that, for example, in Georgia, he won by a landslide and it was just the rigging and the cheating. And you have two senators that said, uh, effectively, we agree. We want to decertify. Is that grounds for expulsion? I think so. I would certainly vote for it. I mean, Hawley uh, tweeted, it's time to stand up. And on Twitter, he said he was glad that several other Republicans were joining the fight. That's exactly what the crowd was screaming. That's exactly what Trump was screaming. Stand up for our Constitution by decertifying the election. Say no to 62 judges. Say no to every single state that confirmed the count. Say no to all of it. We want to keep the president as president, notwithstanding the law, the Constitution, the count, the court cases. That's the part that absolutely stuns me. Uh, Sherrod Brown, senator from Ohio, Democrat, asked for those two, Cruz and Hawley's resignation outright. If they don't resign, the Senate will expel them, must expel them. Are they going to get expelled? Of course not. I don't even know if they're going to get censured, to be honest with you. Uh, I really don't. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if every if every single Republican member of the House voted not only not to censure them, but declare them heroes by a congressional declaration. Obviously, I'm being ridiculous, but uh, there's a history of expulsion. There are reasons. And this is just how crazy it's gotten. Hopefully, hopefully, please Next Wednesday, this goes away, at least as far as Congress is concerned. Not with Donald Trump, but at least as far as Congress. Hopefully, these members of Congress will come back to reality and actually uphold the Constitution. Maybe, huh? Tech Tuesday coming up. Uh, KTLA's tech reporter, Rich DeMuro, who is at CES. Well, actually, it's uh, being done virtually, and he's hosting. He's one of the hosts, and we'll talk to Rich uh, when we come back. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Talking tech with a cyborg that looks just like Rich DeMuro. Tech Tuesday. Yay. It's Tech Tuesday with Rich DeMuro. And good uh, morning uh, on a uh, Tuesday morning, January 12th. Bill Handel here and uh, the morning crew. A week from tomorrow, the inauguration of Joe Biden as our next president. Uh, uh, 17th, five days from now, uh, the fear uh, that there will be attacks, uh, armed uh, insurrection again at the Capitol. And uh, news just broke. uh, The president uh, commenting about uh, his uh, speech, his comments uh, just before uh, the insurgents, the seditionists uh, marched on the Capitol and he said, and I quote, uh, his uh, his speech was totally appropriate and uh, he bears no fault whatsoever. What a shocker that one is, huh? Never would have expected that. Not even close. Let's move into the world of tech. 
Uh, it's Tech Tuesday with KTLA's uh, reporter, tech reporter Rich Demuro, who is at CES and one of the hosts of CES. Uh, that's being done virtually. Uh, Rich, uh, thanks for taking the time. I know you're pretty busy out there. Hey, good morning to you, Bill. Uh, you know, it's touch and go. And, uh, you know, hey, I saw that I was able to do this. And, of course, I want to talk to you about CES because this is a totally new type of show for the first time in 54 years. Like you said, they have gone all digital. And so we are producing a show uh, that I'm hosting on a live stream with a couple other folks that, uh, you know, people around the world can tune in to CES for the first time ever, perhaps. Yeah, so let's talk about the uh, the new gizmos that are out there. Uh, first, I want to point out CES is the largest, probably the largest convention in the world uh, in Las Vegas. 130,000 people go to this puppy, and uh, the uh, booths span over acres. Matter of fact, square miles probably of uh, convention space. So uh, clearly uh, no one can get all through that. Uh, let's start with, is it easier for you to deal with this uh, virtually where you get a lot more information quicker, uh, just a, a lot more, uh, much more specifics? You know, it's a good question. There's, there's pros and cons to this new digital format. So I think the pro is that, like I said, Anyone can attend, you know, obviously you still have to be accredited, you know, it's for journalists. They're letting some folks watch the live stream on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. So you can tune in that way. But, you know, a lot of the stuff is reserved for, you know, registered media, uh, registered press, and also people who are in the tech industry. But, uh, you know, so you do have the access to the information, but what you lose is really that hands-on aspect. So Bill, like you said, there are so many, uh, exhibits that it, it actually fills the convention center in Las Vegas, but also fills hotel rooms across the city. Uh, and I'm talking, you know, like the suites at these different hotel rooms, these tech companies will just, you know, they have a dream and a dollar and they rent out a suite in Las Vegas and they say, Hey, you know, we've got all these journalists in town, come up to the suite, check out this new little gadget that we've built. And, you know, your headline might propel us into the next big thing. So, you kind of lose that aspect of it in a digital show. But the cool thing about the show is that, you know, look, we've been forced to adapt in so many ways in this world with the pandemic that we're making the best of it. And so, yeah, there's a lot of information. The, the presentations that I've been watching are very slickly produced. They're kind of fun. Um, and so I think you benefit from that side of it is that people get a break from, you know, many people have been going to CES like myself for a decade. And so you get a little break and you also get the information and, you know, we know that next year we'll be back there. All right. So let's talk about, uh, the new gadgets, what impressed you, uh, and what, what the future, it looks like it's going to happen in the future. I know they do a lot of prototype stuff that you were never going to see, but let's talk about some reality here. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the reality, I mean, 5G, clearly we've heard a lot about that. We continue to see um, more and more ways of using 5G. So Verizon yesterday in the big keynote was talking about how, you know, they're starting with things like, you know, outfitting more stadiums with 5G. I don't know if you've been to a, a stadium recently, clearly probably not, but uh, most of the time they have the worst reception of any place in America. So, you know, by building 5G into those stadiums, not only do you get like really super high bandwidth applications, but you can do a lot of interesting things. We're seeing food delivered to seats and, you know, various watching the, the game from different angles on your phone. So, you know, there's stuff like that. And then they said they're going to wire up concert halls. Uh, GM, they also had a big keynote talking about, you know, this, this drive to zero emissions is really getting serious, especially uh, with the incoming Biden administration. We are going to see such a heavy emphasis 
on green and clean and GM, you know, they are a big part of it. You know, before they, they weren't really as much. And now they're saying, you know what, we're going all in. So they showed off this new battery technology called Ultium, which Bill, I'm not a battery expert, but they talked about how they were using um, less of uh, cobalt and more aluminum to make these things lighter, but also go further. And I'm not kidding. I mean, electric is uh, seeming to be the future when it comes to cars and also autonomous cars. So not only are they showing off a whole bunch of self-driving features that you're going to be getting in a lot of cars, not just Teslas, um, they also showed off this thing called the Indy Autonomous Challenge, Bill. And this is, a, you know, at the Indy Speedway, Indy 500, they are going to show, uh, have a race later this year in October where university teams are going to autonomously race race cars. And one of those teams is going to take home a million bucks for winning that race. So I, really a, a wide range of things. Pandemic has also really impacted some of the All gadgets right. we've seen here. All right, let's take a break. Uh, I want to come back and talk about uh, sort of the neatest gadget, because that's always fun coming out of CES. Stuff that is not necessarily going to be in the market, but just wild, wonderful, crazy stuff. And the only way you actually understand it is to speak Chinese when you talk to these guys at the booths. Uh, we'll be right back. KFI AM640 and your chance to win $1,000. Uh, let's check in with Jen. Fuel your food with flavor that gets you through the day. If you're committed to paleo, keto, or Mediterranean, America's original super nut is your diet super snack. A handful does the trick. Learn more at AmericanPecan.com. AmericanPecan.com. here and uh, the morning crew uh, let's start with uh, how you can win some money for your chance at a thousand bucks text the nationwide keyword win w-i-n to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest that's win to 200 200 and if you do win you'll get a call from a number you don't recognize which you have to answer 20 minutes after the hour every weekday, 5.20 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. Back to uh, Rich DeMuro, KTLA's tech reporter and ours, uh, at CES. Well, not actually at CES, because he's hosting it virtually. Uh, and uh, CES this year, very uniquely, is not going to be held at CES. Uh, Rich, let's go on. And uh, one of the things about a uh, virtual uh, digital show like this is you can get a, a whole lot more in, can't you? Yeah, it's it's actually a little bit overwhelming because if I wasn't on the inside here and uh, at the helm of the show, I don't, I don't know where I would start. I mean, we've got this great digital website, but there's a lot. I mean, you know, you can't walk through the floor, but you have to kind of wade through right. everything to see what's what's good and what's not. All right, so let's talk. I, I uh, in, in uh, introed uh, what I was going to. What I'm asking you uh, are gizmos and gadgets. Big picture, we already have it. It's 5G. Uh, it's green. It's autonomous cars. Uh, that's big picture. But let's talk about the gizmos and gadgets who not necess- that not necessarily going to hit market, but just you went wow, that's terrific. Well, I think that uh, I, the, the, the AI that they're building into things. So, I mean, look, I know this is not the sexiest stuff, but when you talk about like something as simple as a washing machine, um, you know, they're building in AI so that you can just throw your clothes in there and it will figure out what's in there, how heavy they are, what kind of fabric they have, and it will just wash and clean it for you. You don't have to think about it. So I know it's, it's a small thing, but those are the kind of evolutions that we're seeing with all gadgets. 
Um, then Samsung had this thing called the Bot Care or Bot Handy, rather. And this is a robot. You know, we've always had this dream of robots in the house. It never comes to fruition. The best we've seen is probably a Roomba in most people's homes or in many people's homes, I should say. But, uh, you know, we want that robot. We want that robot for elderly care, for people living alone, for companionship, and so uh, and just to help out around the house, right? And so this one is kind of a step in that direction. The bot handy uh, will do the, the household chores, pick up, you know, your random clothes around the house. But, you know, the thing that got the oohs and ahs is when the, the robot poured the, uh, the person a glass of wine at the end of the day. So, you know, hey, that's something we can all use, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming that... I'm assuming yeah. robotics yeah. to the point where we're looking at robots uh, the way the Jetsons uh, had a robot or uh, the way 3CPO works. Uh, I mean, that's decades off before we get anything like that. Is that fair to say? I would say maybe a decade. But here, here's the thing. I mean, we've I think we got spoiled with uh, the cartoon. So, I mean, we saw the jet. I mean, look at. Think about the stuff that they had in the Jetsons. They had video conferencing. They had the flying cars. They had people living in these amazing places that were high up uh, in, you know, above the clouds. They had Rosie. So all these things that we've had on TV for 30 years now, um, we have yet to see a lot of those things actually happen. And, you know, it's the same thing you see in all the sci-fi stuff. So the tech continues to evolve, but it's happening slow but also fast. I mean, if you look at what happened with our cell phones, I mean, you know, we take for granted what we can do from our smartphone at this moment. Uh, I can talk to you on the radio. I can go live for KTLA. I can record a segment. I can send video to my photographer. I mean, all the little things. I can send out tweets. I can stream live. You know, it's all happened over the last 10 years, but it's all in the same device that they announced 10 years ago on stage. It's just evolved. So I, I feel like that's the same thing that's happening with robots. Um, you know, the arms are moving a little bit faster. They're getting a little bit smarter, and soon they'll be running. All right. So uh, what else impressed you uh, in an even small picture? Because I've, I've always been fascinated with a specific gizmo or gadget. Uh, did anything uh, hit you saying, I'd love to have one of those? And, uh, you know, there may be in the future, like a robot, uh, but probably a little bit less expensive. Well, okay. There, I mean, there's one thing that I want that I know is totally, I mean, look, I, I wear a suit for work back in the days before I could wear sweatpants because I was not working from home. But, uh, you know, there is this one device from LG. It's basically a dry cleaning station for your home. So at the end of the day, you come home, you hang your jacket. Have you ever heard of this thing? The styler it's called? Yeah, I think I have, but it was expensive and it didn't work very yeah. well. Uh, so I'm assuming this is well, next generation. Yeah, they just keep getting better. So now what they've done is they made this one is, of course, the latest generation. You come home, you put your suit jacket in there, and not only does it, you know, shake all the smoke or whatever might be on your jacket out, it sanitizes it as well, which, you know, like I alluded to earlier, we're seeing a big impact of the pandemic on this year's show when it comes to the gadget. So imagine, you know, you can throw your outdoor clothing inside, you know, your jacket that you might have worn, like, uh, you know, in, in a lift or something like that, or, you know, even your mask or anything that you want. And it not only cleans it, it freshens it, makes it smell nice, but also sanitizes. And I joked here at the live show saying, oh, it'd be cool if you can put a little scent in there. And sure enough, you can drop in a little scent as well. So, again, these are, that's a, you know, it's a big, expensive gadget. I don't expect a lot of people to have it, but it's totally luxurious. And, you know, in the future, these are the kind of things that we might see more built into homes. 
All right, Rich, uh, thanks. Uh, I know you have to get back to work. Thanks for taking the time. Enjoy yourself. We'll catch you next Tuesday. Coming up, handle on the news late edition right here on KFI and checking in with Jennifer. Handle on the news. Late edition. Handle on the news. I am beginning a new journey to walk with you along the path of mercy and the tenderness of Bill Handel. And uh, good morning, everybody. Bill Handel here and the morning crew on a Tuesday, January uh, 12th. And before we start Handle on the News, late edition, I don't know if we hit this story about the gorillas. Is that that in uh, late edition? Uh, We have now gorillas at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park that have COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about it during Handle on the News. And I remember because you had that great line. Uh, yes, because now they have to inoculate gorillas, and so now we have gorillas on the list. And, uh, you know, I mean, not bad. I've had you know, worse. Listen, I don't want to, given how COVID-19 is spread through aerosolized droplets, it's really, it. there were gorillas in a mist. That's true. That's true. All right. And Fair now enough. the gorillas are pissed. Oh, come on. And then if they're Jewish, gorillas at a bris, uh, we're, that's, you know, we're done. We're done with that. Let's start it, guys. Oh, yes. Uh, how about a cyst? Uh, no. Lead story. Don't let us get sick. Don't let us get sick. Uh, on a more serious note, uh, the U.S. is asking the states to vaccinate everyone older than 65. Right now, a lot of the states are limiting the vaccinations to those older than 75, the second round of inoculations. First being first responders, of course, those that work with COVID patients, ambulance drivers, that sort of thing. Uh, now we have to go to the next tier. That is the problem is how do you differentiate where we, that is all of us, depending on age, uh, underlying conditions, et cetera, sit on that tier? Where on the list are we if we're not gorillas? Uh, and it's, um, we'll find out. The U.S. wants everybody over 65. That's a lot of people. And, I mean, how do you do that uh, and do it within weeks? You can't. It's within months because of just getting the program up to speed. I mean, right now, what are we? Uh, we are supposed to have 20 million vaccinations by the end of the year. We hit 5 million. Uh, we were to have distributed 30 million doses. I don't even know how many have been distributed. But we're hitting about half a million a year. I mean, excuse me, a day now. Uh, so now it only take two years currently to uh, vaccinate everybody in America. And that's Did one you- shot. And this is guidance and and plans coming from an administration that won't be here in a week. Do you know what I'm saying? In other words, they say everybody we want the states to do everybody over 65. And next week, it'll be a different administration's issue about whether A, they agree and B, how to make it happen. This is the dead zone that you get where anybody can have any ideas they want. Because they're not going to be around to have to implement them. Uh, Where uh, there really hasn't been much federal implementation. That sort of disappeared. But what Uh, do we... I'm sorry. Come next next Wednesday, you're going to see the government. We're basically going to be on war footing. 
uh, to take care of this. And you're going to see massive increases in vaccinations, plans, logistics, distribution, uh, vaccine into the arms. Uh, Go ahead, uh, Jim. That's actually what I was going to ask. But what do we think will actually change all that much? What do you you think immediately? Joe Biden is going to change it. But how does he... What is it specifically that he's going to tell states that's any different than what the states are doing right now? I think he's going to put uh, federal logistics people on there, put the literally put the army on uh, on this whole thing. Uh, Civilian Corps of Engineers, if he has to uh, throwing money at the states to facilitate this in a big way. And I think putting it, getting it out of local control and establishing guidelines uh, when the feds get to work, when you have 50 states at it or different counties, uh, you know, you, it's it's all over the place. When you have a concerted federal eff- uh, effort that establishes guile- guidelines and all of the federal government is thrown at it, I think you see a very different animal. And you'll see Joe Biden uh, vaccinating people on his own uh, for the first 100 days. Oh. He'll be there with a syringe. He'll be running and... around like the Hamburglar, except yes, he he's will. the vaccinator. <laughs> All right, that may be great that everybody gets a vaccine, but the World Health Organization says doesn't matter. We're still not going to see herd immunity in 2021. And it said scientists typically estimate vaccination rates of about 70% will be needed for herd immunity, and the World Health Organization doesn't think that we're going to hit that in 2021. We will in the industrialized countries. They say it would need to be around the world. Yeah, right. That's the whole point. Uh, how many vaccination centers are there going to be in Yemen, for example, or Somalia? So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a problem. And the those governments are never going to have their own money to do this. So it's going to take the World Health Organization uh, to start implementing those programs and build the facilities. The One of the Republicans' biggest, if not the biggest, donor is dead. Sheldon Adelson, billionaire, casino mogul, and uh, big-time GOP power broker, died. He was 87. Uh, He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And this is a guy who every election cycle gave tens of millions and then more recently, right, hundreds of millions, yeah. 100 million plus, 150 million. Totally spent that money all over the place. Totally self-made, uneducated. Unformally educated. Yes. yes. Well, certainly. I mean, brilliant. Uh, started. Uh, so he was selling shoes as a, a teenager. He started with that, uh, and he started. Uh, you know, Comrex, uh, which was the first show before CES. He started that and then sold it for a billion dollars, and that got him going. By the way, he didn't know one end of a computer from the other. He couldn't turn one on. Yeah, very, very smart. Smart. I don't know guy. if he was that much of a luddite, but. <laughs> All right, let's take a a break uh, and we'll come back and uh, we'll do a lot more of Handle on uh, the News Late Edition. KFI, let's check in. Did you know buying a mattress at Mattress Warehouse means you have a one-year price guarantee? Find a better price, they'll match it, plus 50% of the difference. Why buy anywhere else? Mattress Warehouse, sleephappens.com. Mattress Warehouse, sleephappens.com. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft cloud. 
And no one gets your business into the Microsoft Cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. Welcome back. Bill Handel here and uh, the morning crew. All right. Uh, it is a Tuesday, January 12th. We're still uh, covering the news. And let's finish up Handle on the News, late edition with Jennifer and me and Wayne. And the president apparently was uh, not as upset about what the mob did at the Capitol as much as uh, how they looked. Come away, come away. Now, let's be fair. Come on. That's according to New York Magazine and the Washington Post. Not huge fans of the president. Correct. And... Uh, they say that someone told them that Mr. Trump was apparently turned off by the chaotic scene, although not due to the assault on the U.S. government, but because his supporters looked low class. Uh, you know, I don't know how much to believe, because also I think CNN was reporting sources say that he was not particularly unhappy with uh, the actual storming of uh, the Capitol so we're hearing all kinds of uh, different uh, stories. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think. I don't think the White House has even uh, responded yet. I don't know if they will. It's interesting to me because one of the things I've been harping on for a long time are these articles being published in major media sources that are source that are on, the only evidence or information are statements from anonymous people. Yes. And in the past, when I've brought that up. Somebody said that's how you got to do it or you'd never have any news stories. That's true. If you don't have sources, I mean, you get Jen, you've been covering news for how many years? How many people have told you this is not for attribution? I'm telling you this uh, just for background. I still then I don't report on it until I have confirmation of something. I mean, I just don't think that I mean, literally, I'm going on 30 years of this and until I can get something concrete it's just too much to throw out there because like wayne says it's too common to go well sources say well so what's my source you're such a wuss no i i like the truth yeah please what does the truth have to do with journalism <laughs> come on now will i follow a source's tip absolutely but do I report that as fact? No. Well, no, no, no. They're not saying, uh, you know, they do say sources sell, uh, say. But they report it as fact, and unnamed, that's not what I No, like. they say unnamed. Well, the fact is unnamed sources have said. So uh, it's. Uh, I think they say it's not for attribution, but you're right. Uh, it makes the news. Uh, you know, otherwise, every half hour uh, news segment would be 12 minutes. Eight minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> Oh, boy. A judge has granted a stay in what would have been the first federal execution of a female inmate in almost 70 years. You say you want an execution. And uh, he halted it because he said there needs to be a competency here, a mental competency hearing uh, for this woman who Lisa Montgomery, who uh, this case was so terrible. She, with full knowledge of what she was going to do, drove a bunch of miles to meet with a pregnant woman under the guise of adopting a puppy from her. But instead, she murdered the woman, cut the woman's uh, fetus out of her womb Ugh. and passed it off as her own child. Mm. 
Now, the ruse, the ruse didn't last very long because she was already known to have problems, to have faked pregnancies. Um, so they caught her fairly quickly. And she's uh, been now, on death row for a while. And now, uh, they were going to kill her. And now they'll have to wait to kill her. Well, they're going to have to wait a long time. They're going to have to wait either four or eight years uh, because uh, Joe Biden has made it real clear there will not be a federal execution under his watch. Unless they can get a competency evaluation done forthwith and it finds she's cool and then they rush it. On Joe. Oh, I thought you said a competency done forthwith on Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) No. I mean, how long does it take? You have have a psychiatrist sit down with her and talk to her and go, she's fine. Yeah, you have to go back to court, though. And then you you kill her her as soon as you can before. yeah, yeah, but, but there has to be a, there has to be a hearing, and then you have to go back to that judge, right. Or take it up to appeals. Ain't gonna happen. So uh, her reprieve is gonna be fairly long, and there's a chance between now and then uh, that uh, the that uh, capital punishment will simply be illegal in the United States. A far-reaching uh, uh, bill. Now it'll have to be declared unconstitutional. Uh, that yeah. would have to happen, like. Uh, uh, Foreman v. Georgia, which was in 1972, uh, where they had to revamp the whole thing, all the states. But it could happen, although not with this Supreme Court. No, probably not. Now, what you could see, though, is you could see federally. That would go. That would go away. Banned. Yeah. In, until there's another administration that wants yeah. to bring it back. Because yeah, the Biden court... administration might say, we at the federal level, we're not going to pursue any more death sentences yeah and in this i mean this court if it went up this court not only would they uphold the death penalty uh they would all draw straws to see who could actually go to the execution to watch it oh i uh, thought you were going to say they they would uh, get into a fist fight over who gets to actually yeah do the, the tri- execution. yes yes pull the trigger all right guys uh we are done uh coming up public schools uh there's a push here in california to open the schools up in february Let's see what parents and teachers and unions have to say about that and health experts. I'll talk about that when we come back. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And good morning. Bill Handel here on a uh, Tuesday morning, January 12th. A fair amount going on, that's for sure. Uh, A lot of COVID news I want to share with you. Uh, A week from tomorrow, the inauguration of uh, Joe Biden as our next president. And uh, there is chatter out there. More than chatter. There are absolute statements on uh, the various platforms, social uh, media platforms, uh, calling for uh, armed insurrection uh, across 50 state at state uh, capitals. And it's pretty scary stuff, to say the least. Of course, this time around, there'll be more security than you could ever imagine, particularly at uh, the inauguration. Now, uh, moving on to the world of COVID, there's a huge controversy about opening up schools. One of the uh, things we absolutely know about COVID, far more than our medical knowledge, is what it what at home learning does to students, particularly those of the lower socioeconomic levels and uh, kids of color. Uh, at home learning simply doesn't cut it uh, because of socialization, because of oversight of the teachers, 
uh, because it's just hard to sit in front of a computer for an hour, and it's just real difficult stuff, and everybody agrees let's move back as quickly as possible to in-class learning. Uh, The difference is uh, when, under what circumstances, when it is safe. And uh, the governor... Uh, has asked uh, that or is uh, introduced a program uh, that uh, California public schools should open in February, which uh, thrills parents, uh, terrifies some teachers, certainly the unions. Uh, the health authorities are more than mixed about it. Now, keep in mind, it was a month ago that the first vaccines were given to health care workers. Uh, teachers are next in line. They're part of the next tier, uh, but that's still a ways off. Uh, The governor has a new uh, $2 billion plan at getting kids back into classrooms over the next three months. Now, in colleges, we're talking about next fall, and I'm going to talk more about college students uh, in the next segment where it is a whole different issue. California schools have been among the slowest in the country to reopen, and here is the question. Is it realistic to expect uh, reopening, wide-scale reopening this spring, particularly if educators have uh, not been vaccinated? So uh, the governor's Safe Schools for All plan, of course, these are wonderful names, which announced uh, December 30th, says, yeah, it's going to be safe. And what it does is uh, give incentives to districts to open classroom doors up as early as February. That goes to the legislature, and what it wants to do is first bring back students from transitional kindergarten to second grade. Those with special needs, English learners, et cetera, homeless, foster care, low income. And the reason they're pushing those is those kids do the worst within home learning. They need to go to kindergarten first and second grade. They are hurt the most by not going and the effects of uh, in uh, home learning, uh, the uh, in uh, on uh, the internet learning uh, is something that lasts a lifetime because the development curve is so high and so quick. Where you're in those years, and so here's what other the plan also uh, concerns uh, the unions. It uh, provides four hundred and fifty dollars per student for cleaning and masks and ventilation. COVID testing for students and staff and school districts and teachers unions are not only not jumping up and down, they're going, wait a minute, this is too soon. Uh, Five large school districts have registered their objections. L.A., Long Beach, Fresno, San Diego, Sacramento. And what's that about? Well, uh, under the governor's plan, uh, and the state established that color-coded uh, plan. Remember that? Purple tier, which we've been in from day one. Uh, that requires schools to close when the daily case rates hit 7, 7 per 100,000 uh, people. Well, the new plan allows schools to reopen at a new case rate of 28 per 100,000 people. That's four times more. Well, uh, keep in mind, 28 or below. L.A. has 108 cases per 100,000. 
San Bernardino, 122. Riverside, 107. Orange, uh, 48. I mean, it goes on and on. Virtually no county is below that 28, which is four times higher than the previous uh, guidelines. Uh, So what do you do? Well, uh, a lot of educators are saying, well, you keep the schools closed is what you do because we're too much at risk. And here is one of the controversies. And this is uh, Ken Williams, who's a member of the Orange County Board of uh, Education, uh, also an osteopath, who says, you can't look at case numbers. You ha- that's going to go up no matter what. You have to look at hospitalization rates. That is the number we have to look at. And if those are not increasing or dropping, even not, notwithstanding the number of new cases, then we're on our way. And we should open up in uh, in the spring instead of the fall. Huge controversy. Now I want to move to uh, college students and broadband. And I want to spend a minute talking about that and how that connects with uh, students, kids in the first and second uh, grades and kindergarten. We'll see where the connection exists or does it. That's coming up. KFI AM 640 and your chance to win some money when we come back. All right, Jennifer Jones Lee. Bill Handel on a Tuesday morning. Uh, let's start with your chance to win some money. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword PAY, P A Y, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's PAY to 200 200. And uh, if you win, you'll get a uh, phone call from a number you don't recognize, which you have to answer. Uh, Every day we do this on KFI, uh, 20 minutes after the hour, between 5.20 a.m., 6.20 p.m. One of the issues of um, uh, uh, in-house learning, uh, learning, uh, well, going to school on the Internet, which uh, virtually every student is in the country, uh, has to do with college students. Now, as I said in my uh, last segment, Uh, that it's so critical for uh, youngsters to go to in-class learning, to attend school in class because of the learning curve, because of the development that happens in the first early years. And uh, when that is uh, not maximized, uh, the effect of that lasts forever. Not the case with college. I mean, you're not going, I mean, you're going to fall behind, certainly, but developmentally-wise, well, college students actually... Uh, go backwards, if you think about it, when you were in college. Uh, whatever development you have went south uh, for the four years you were in school. Uh, however, uh, again, let's go to Internet learning and how important it is. And let's go to who gets nailed in society. Welcome to America. The poor, uh, the uh, the people of color uh, get nailed the worst, and they're the ones that need College education more than most. That's how you break out for the most part. You go into the inner city, uh, and a lot of these kids want to be basketball stars. Doesn't happen. Uh, Education happens. And that is how, and this is what America is about, you break out, and the vast majority of successes are uh, based on education. Uh, And how often have you heard, well, Senator Warnock, uh, I'm the first kid in my family of 12 uh, to go to college. You hear that constantly. But here's the problem with going to college uh, on the net is you have to have broadband. And if you don't have broadband, you're not in college. And the number of students who have failed, the number of students who can't graduate, 
uh, has exploded and it is longer to graduate, which means uh, students have to come up with money and school is not cheap. Uh, They're borrowing ever more. So uh, for poor Internet access for poor students means disrupted classes. So here is what advocates, uh, there's an organization called the Education Trust West, in October laid out a report. One in 10 California college students don't have access to the Internet. The same proportion uh, don't have a device uh, that enables them to engage in distant learning. And uh, federal college student data estimated, you ready for this number? 100,000 California students have been left in the dark as education is shifted online. And as I said, from where? Usually students of color from low-income households. And I am going to repeat again and again, these are the people that need higher education the most. And yet it isn't happening. So how much money needs to be spent? Buckets in the tens of billions of dollars. Now, even when people do have Internet, uh, here's the problem. Uh, the uh, FCC defines Broadnet defines Broadnet as 25 megabits per second upload at th- at least three megabits per second. Incidentally, if you're buying broadband and you have 25 megabits per second, that's considered slow, really slow, and they're trying to reach that among students who don't have internet or don't have the devices. Uh, so. Uh, the money has to be made accessible. Just add more money. Uh, and in, in reality, the money does it. It's a question of how much can you borrow. That's the problem. So three main goals are being listed by the trust and others. High-performance broadband, homes, schools, libraries, businesses, access to affordable broadband uh, and devices, Access to training and support to enable digital inclusion. And under the uh, new CARES plan, the federal government, the third uh, support, uh, the relief, uh, there's $50 per uh, student, I think per month, uh, for those that qualify for uh, broadband. And for co- I'm talking about college students. And that's just another area where... Uh, even though developmentally uh, kids are not going to be hurt as much as kindergartens or first graders, uh, the more you delay college, the more delayed you are. And that's one of the things uh, that simply happens. Uh, You enter the, let's say you take a gap year, okay? Well, that's a year you're not going to school and coming back. Everybody talks about how great it is, and it is great. Uh, I remember taking uh, almost a gap decade uh, to get through school. Well, uh, so I became a lawyer at 28, and uh, my contemporaries became lawyers at 25. They were three years ahead of me. And if I had stayed in uh, the legal profession in a law firm, I would have uh, been behind by three years. But thank goodness I couldn't get a job in a law firm. Uh, No one would ever hire me, and so I had to go out on my own. And for some reason, I was still three years behind. So it is critical uh, that money be spent. And a question, it's a question of money every single time until we run out of it, and we have already. But, I mean, what choice do we have? Small businesses. Remember the PPP, uh, the uh, business protection? Uh, Well, guess what? 
Some small businesses got, let me wrap this up, a dollar. They got a dollar from the federal government. I'm not kidding you. I'll tell you how that happened. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Let's check in with Jennifer. And uh, good morning. Bill Handel here. It is a uh, Tuesday morning, January 12th. KFI AM 640 with the morning crew. Uh, some of uh, the big stories that we are covering. Uh, Disneyland uh, is uh, launching its first uh, large-scale vaccination site. So uh, these open up across the country. We have Dodger Stadium is going from testing to vaccination. Disneyland is opening up. And uh, we have the impeachment vote coming down. Uh, right now the articles are being debated. Uh, article of impeachment uh, incitement to uh, insurgents. Surgency, I think, is the actual term. And uh, then we'll see what happens there. Uh, the threat of uh, armed insurrection uh, in state capitals around the country, as well as uh, Inauguration Day. So, wow, a lot going on. Now, uh, we're looking at uh, another round of uh, PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, as part of the uh, stimulus package. And when the first one came out back in March, it was a lifeline for millions of small businesses. And over a four-month period, the government spent uh, $523 billion in forgivable loans for about 5 million companies. The average recipient company got about $100,000. And uh, then there are stories, and this is uh, falling uh, falling through the crack story because this thing went through so quickly you know, we talked about the fraud uh, that was endemic with this and just uh, the the distribution problems, et cetera. All right, let's start with uh, how it worked. It was through the banks. You had to apply at a bank. And right there, the paperwork was such uh, that bigger companies who had people, had relationships with banks, already knew the ropes. It was easy. Small businesses just have a regular checking account, didn't know how to do that. Incidentally, the the uh, the biggest amount of loan you can get was $10 million. And all the major banks got $10 million. A ton of big companies got $10 million. Who got nailed? The small business people. And that was what the PPP was designed to help. And so... In addition to a lot of companies not getting any money because they didn't have the ability, the wherewithal, and then there were banks who simply wouldn't do it because it wasn't worth it. Why? Because the bank gets 5%. And so $100,000, the banks get five grand. $1,000, the banks get 50 bucks. And it's the same paperwork. Uh, you tell me where they went and who they wanted to help. Now, here is the fun one. Of uh, all of the 5 million companies that got money, uh, there are about 300, and these are just the fun ones I want to talk about. This is the uh, falling through the crack story. Uh, Three received loans of $99 or less. Uh, There is a chiropractor in Texas, and I think she has the record uh, for the least amount of money received. Under the uh, PPP program, and she received a loan, a government loan, for exactly $1. That's the check that she got. 
Yeah, a little frustrating to say the least. But uh, this is an illustration of these rules that happen so quickly that lead to absurd outcomes. And it's like the $800 toilet. Uh, It just falls through the cracks, if you'll pardon the phraseology there for a moment. Uh, Last month, uh, a new PPP, $284 billion to restart the loan program, and it's scheduled to begin uh, this week. Uh, Sole proprietors, these were the people that got screwed the most. Self-employed entrepreneurs, freelancers, gig workers, you know, people who drive for Uber, Lyft, et cetera, make deliveries uh, for companies like DoorDash. They were a complete afterthought uh, during the course of setting this up. They weren't even on the radar. Uh, Now they are. Because you're talking about people in Congress, and they don't think of gig employees. These are old people. You know, you don't have too many millennials uh, that are sitting in Congress and have uh, any kind of uh, of influence uh, on uh, subcommittees and committees. So you got a bunch of old people, mainly old guys, mainly old white guys, uh, who don't think in terms of the gig economy. So all of this was an afterthought. Small now here's the math. Small businesses were eligible to borrow uh 2.5 times, two and a half times their average monthly payroll, up to ten million dollars to cover workers' wages. Well, how uh, how many employees does a gig worker have? You're driving for uh Lyft or Uber. How many employees do you have? Uh exactly. Uh so uh, companies without salaried employees, and we're talking about small companies in, uh, for example, people's garages that you start, and those are the majority of companies how they start. Uh, for those companies, the SBA told banks and lenders to look at the profits that a company has, the business owner reported on their 2019 taxes. Or if you're a small business uh, owner, and I've been one for 30-something years, Uh, A lot of years, you don't have profit at all. A lot of years, uh, you just don't make money. I mean, you pay yourself a salary, and some years it's very limited. And if you deduct expenses, et cetera, you're not looking at a lot of money. And uh, there are uh, companies out here. There's one company run uh, by uh, this woman. I can't even pronounce her name, so I'm not going to bother uh, she paid taxes on a profit of $458. Well, Wells Fargo treated that as her annual salary because that was what was left. And they gave her a loan for the maximum amount she qualified, $95. And the bank collected its fee, $4.75. And this is simply what the PPP a program of this size, of this magnitude, uh, does when it's hurried into law. And I'm not going to blame Congress on this one, because uh, usually Congress sometimes really blows it with the unintended consequences. I'm a big fan of thinking of unintended consequences. I've been involved in drafting bills here in California regarding surrogacy. And uh, all we think about is unintended consequences. Drafting the law is easy. It's what happens if... There was no time for what happens if. And this is not at the fault of the legislators. Uh, this is because they had to go so quickly. But uh, what happens? Well, this is what happens. And it happens on a massive scale. We're going to see it again happening. 
uh, and there's not much we can do with it, ex- uh, do with it except be as careful as we can, and we learn from the last one. And hopefully this one, the $243 billion, is going to be better administrated, and more people will not get $1 checks. All right, coming up, uh, mental health. Uh, during the pandemic is obviously a big issue. We've talked about that. But I want to take a a spin that you probably haven't even thought about. I want to share that story with you. KFI AM 640. Let's check in with uh, Jennifer Jones Lee for a news update. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here on a uh, Tuesday morning, January 12th, as we end the show. Uh, some of the big stories. Uh, well, a week from uh, tomorrow, we have a new president. It's going to be sworn in. And uh, the word is out there. The FBI has warned all the states uh, that there is a call among the insurgents, uh, among the seditionists, among, uh, among those uh, right-wing crazy people, uh, calling for an out-and-out uh, armed rebellion uh as a protest uh that uh, donald trump does not stay the president it's really crazy stuff one of the things about the pandemic uh, that we have talked about and everybody knows is uh folks uh, facing mental uh, health issues and already there are a number of people who uh, of course have mental health issues i mean that's simply part of living in society but the pandemic has not only exacerbated uh the amount and the depth but the number of people and uh, where do people go? We don't have too many psychiatric facilities out there. We used to in California. We should be able to lock people away uh, for their own mental health. Well, those days actually stopped. Uh, it was Ronald Reagan, incidentally, under Ronald Reagan's uh, governorship that uh, they took away those facilities where people could be locked away. And uh, the ACLA, uh, the ACLU joined Ronald Reagan to uh, make sure that... Uh, Mentally ill, people, uh, mentally ill people can stay on the streets if they wanted. I mean, it's just weird how we have uh, changed our view of, the men- of mental illness. But So what happens now uh, with so many people who have real mental problems? Not mentally ill, but uh, going into mental problems for a period of time. Well, uh, there is a program out there uh, that is home-based. Uh, one of them is Second Story, and there's dozens of them out there. Uh, it's a mental health program that's based in a home. Uh, and this program is known as Peer uh, Respite, uh, a place where people can stay when they're experiencing or they know they're about to have a mental health crisis. And it is a low-key wellness approach. Uh, people who have been there, empathy from those folks can help uh, you recover And this has gained popularity in recent years uh, because of the shortage of psychiatric beds, uh, the issue of the pandemic, which has exacerbated the program or the problem. And here's what peer respites are about. Uh, Avoiding psychiatric hospitalization and visiting the ER. 14 states have these programs. California has five. Uh, San Francisco Bay Area and L.A. County and uh, according to uh, Dr. Benjamin Drews, a psychiatrist at Emory, uh, he said people with serious mental illness are more likely to experience emotional distress, uh, especially during the pandemic. I mean, outside of just mental illness, just the distress of uh, this pandemic. 
So what these homes do, and we're talking about homes. I mean, people who are using their homes for uh, to help people who have mental uh, have mental health issues as they have had crises before. So usually it's up to two weeks, uh, round-the-clock support from peers who have been through this and are trained and certified by states to support others uh, using arts, meditation, support groups. Uh, they're free for guests but not covered by insurance. Uh, usually states and counties pick up the tab. And it's important to know that these are not medical personnel with any psychiatric or counseling experience or certification is just effectively certified for being nice to help people deal with their mental ill issues. Now, uh, it's you look at the numbers, and it's I got to tell you, uh, as the surveys are being done and the studies are being done, it helps. It really seems to work. And uh, there is a story in this article that I read about a... Uh, a woman, Mia McCarnett, who has been several times a second story over the past uh, uh, five years. And uh, the respite, uh, this facility has two ca- house, two cats, piano, uh, all of it uh, therapeutic. And in the past, she had been in psychiatric units. But uh, at this point, when she left, no. And uh, the number of studies, small ones, though, had uh, fewer hospitalizations, lower Medicaid spending, I mean, it all makes a lot of sense. However, uh, how would you like to be a a neighbor of a house next door that has mentally ill patients coming in and out? That's the problem. This is the epitome of NIMBY. Not in my backyard. Even though this seems to help. uh, That's like various homes uh, that are licensed Uh, For example, long-term care facilities, board and care. My mother is in one of those. It's a house that has five bedrooms. Uh, It has a kitchen, five bedrooms with their own bathrooms. Uh, There's staff, full-time staff, but there are neighbors on both sides. And uh, they're not particularly thrilled. Now, can you imagine a house that is licensed as a mental care facility? Or a drug rehab house. It's it's always the neighbors, and even when they work. And these seem to work better than uh, the big governmental programs in uh, large hospital settings. So just another way of dealing with the pandemic. We're going to explore all these different ways of how we're dealing with the issues of the day. All right, we're done, guys. Uh, coming up, it's Gary and Shannon. Tomorrow morning, we start again at 5 a.m. with Wake Up Call, Jennifer Jones-Lee. I'm here uh, with the morning crew until 10, which is just about now. Up in just a moment, Gary and Shannon handling the morning crew. KFI story. Oh, thank you. Who was that screaming? Was that John? No, that oh, was Wayne. Wayne. Oh, Wayne. I'm sorry. I'll scream uh, now. See you tomorrow, Bill. I feel better. Uh, This is KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft cloud. And no one gets your business into the Microsoft cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. 
Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com.